This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 87 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. To celebrate the fabulous horsey holiday that is the Keeneland September Yearling Sale, we bring back fan favorite Jen Wright to talk about how she prepares her yearlings for the sales and how she follows their careers in racing. We catch up with Lee Beamer and her 2022 Thoroughbred Makeover Horse Hot Girl Summer, which also best name ever, for our Making the Makeover series. And last but not least, we get a trading tip from Leandra Cooper from New Vocations and introduce you to our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr, Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Well, Kristen, I noticed our lives have been paralleling, and if anyone has followed us on Instagram, Kristen even did a shout out to that recently, and I appreciate <laughs> you for that. I was like, oh, hearts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching you. You've been watching me. And I was like, oh, my God, we're on the same journey. Like, it's down very to that interesting. weird thing last and week terrifying. where you're like, I was longlining. And I was like, oh, my God, so was I. That's so weird. Yes. So. But I will say um, that's kind of where the parallel ended. It sounds like we had very <laughs> different longlining experiences. So I'm happy to share mine first. I feel like yours is much more interesting than mine. <laughs> yeah, you can go first. Yeah, we'll we'll. uh let you set the stage. Yeah. Well, um, I, on our Instagram, I let people know I've kind of just been spending some time with my horse one-on-one. So I've done a lot of recent content with her just to really focus in. So I'm bringing her back into training after an extended vacation, which was mostly my fault, had nothing to do with her. And she's been quite fresh and eager to get back to things. But I thought some long lining might be nice to one, ensure I don't die the first time I get the saddle, but also just to kind of wake her brain up, have the tack on and see what kind of horse that I had. And I was really impressed, Kristen. I was so convinced that we were going to go flying around the arena. Normally after two times around the arena, she starts to get bored. She's like, how can I spice this up? And I normally don't like how it goes. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's normally in the form of like sidestepping, cutting corners hard. I don't know, galloping to see what happens. <laughs> There's lots of things that can happen when Astrid gets bored. She's a very creative girl. <laughs> I was just going to say, she's a, a creative minded woman. Yeah. Yes. That's good. You should be encouraging creativity, right? You know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they love like freeform stuff in dressage, right? Where you I would love to get a helmet yeah. and air uh, chess protector sponsor. That would be awesome <laughs> to have that on our show. <laughs> um, but she surprised me. She went like She's been a veteran at this. She was in full set. She took it all in stride. I think it because we hadn't done it in so long, she wasn't really sure how to process it. So we just kind of went into horse show mode. She went over trot poles in it. She did her dressage halt nice and square. And I'm like, did I pull the wrong horse out of the pasture? Like, oh, snap. I'm going to get in <laughs> <Someone> trouble. <else's> horse. <laughs> um, but no, she was just really, really lovely. And so far, training has gone Better than I could imagine. We did have one hiccup day, but it wasn't her fault. We had a terrible electric storm and a horse got out and then they were driving oh, a tractor around, but there was a double rainbow. So I was like, hmm, well, <laughs> I can't aesthetic play. was good. So that's The aesthetic fine. for Instagram was solid. Um, everything else happening in the background, very questionable. That being said, I'm, I'm happy with where we're going. Tell me a little bit about your longlining experience because I got the text version, but I feel there was so much more. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always, you know, kind of kept longlining like in my pocket as a thing to do, you know, if I don't feel like riding or if I want to really like watch Jobber go because he tends to have weak stifles. So sometimes it's really helpful to be able to watch mm -hmm. him go around me instead of just riding and being like, eh, does he feel funny? And then trying to make my husband watch and tell me like, what do you see? Uh, so sometimes it's like, oh, okay, you know what? Let's long line a little, get some good stretch. I like to long line up and down some hills 
Um, mm-hmm. As everyone knows at this point, we don't have a ring. We just have pastures. So that kind of adds like a fun element of there's no fencing around you. Um, so sometimes you sort of have to work with what you have. Mm-hmm. So what was this like, a week or two ago? It was a Saturday morning and Eric was like, all right, well, you're going to do the horses. I'm going to target shoot, which doesn't sound like a thing that would mix. <laughs> but our horses are pretty gun broke just because they're exposed to it all the time. Yeah, your horses um, are different than other horses. <laughs> well, you know, they're a little ranchy. It's fine. Yeah. You know, they're just exposed to all this weird stuff. And, you know, things like jumps would really upset them. But, you know, we won't go there. It's fine. Uh, so so Eric's way across the pasture. And, you know, every couple seconds you can hear like bang and Jobber kind of flicks an ear and just keeps trotting. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going so well. This horse is so nice. He's so broke. He's so used to things. And was, you know, having oh, some nice mistake, work. Kristen. Well, right. Yeah. Every <laughs> time I think that nothing good happens right after that. So uh, weirdly, like the gunshots were not an issue. And then the rest of the herd meandered through at a casual walk and then went to the back of the pasture, which is wooded, mm-hmm. uh, to go hang out in the shade. And Jobber was like, mm, you know what? I'm going to go with them uh, and sort of like did a little bolt and then a spin. And of course, if they're in long lines and they get the spin going, like you've got to be really fast. Yeah. Uh, and of course, trying to eat himself right out of there. Oh yeah. No, he like, he wrapped himself <laughs> up in the lines and was like, ha ha. And then stood straight up in the air. And I'm trying to kind of like run sideways, but was on uneven ground, uh, oh. like halfway up and down a hill. And I took a funny step and, and, banged out i have a bad knee from a draft horse accident a few years ago this is why a story for another day yeah that's another story for you know (laughs) draft horse podcast uh which we don't have um yeah took a bad step on that knee and then so that like just sort of collapsed and i was like flop onto the floor and jobber was like sweet bye and he took off at a dead run with all the lines flapping and of course, I'm down on a little swale, so I can't see where Eric is anymore, and he can't see me. So I call him, and he was like, oh, no, because he just looked over and didn't see either of us and was like, oh, I think I'm in trouble. And I was like, no, no, it wasn't you. It no. was just Jobber. It was the, the casual walk of horses. It's just, you know, yeah, and he finds like, it so exciting. Yeah, I got to go. And I was like, no, you don't You don't got to go. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I got to bounce. And he bounced, and I did not bounce, and that was the problem. So, uh, so I was like, don't worry about me. I'm crawling back to the ATV you go get Jobber and make sure he hasn't like wrapped himself around a tree or something stupid and Jobber was fine um so then Eric made him do the walk of shame all the way back down and I sort of hopping around on one foot got all his uh tack off and then we turned him back loose again <laughs> and I was like well no problem for future us so you know he's been so good all summer he just likes to remind us every now and then that he is still a dragon on the inside so yeah, that was one of those yeah. humbling red horse moments. They always have them. They always come in weird surprises. But, yeah, and um, that's where, fortunately, you and I don't seem to be on a parallel track. Because it seems like there's like only so much red horse badness between the two of us. And the scales kind of go up and down. So I will say I think my horse carries the most amount of it, which is fine. I like... I've encouraged <laughs> the expression. I'm like, speak your mind, you know, feminism, live your yeah. life. Find your truth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My horse lives her authentic self to its fullest. <laughs> and um, I don't regret it because, you know, why? it's content, constant content oh, coming yes. in. So I'm never short of it. But um, Kristen, I'm glad you and Jabber are both okay. I'm greatly waiting for us to get a human supplement co- uh, sponsor because let's be real we don't bounce anymore i don't uh, think they're gonna want to touch us they're like these ladies do not know how to take care of themselves or at least you don't have to tell them that part <laughs> we can just express that we're interested in taking care of ourselves right. but we are for sure interested in taking care of our horses so let's hear from our premier sponsor kentucky performance products This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. 
It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Joy, I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, who is my friend and former mentor from the Retired Racehorse Project, Jen Reutz. She's now out and about doing cool stuff, uh, no longer with Retired Racehorse Project, but still very much a part of the scene. Jen Reutz operates Brownstead Farm in Versailles with her husband, Dr. Stuart Brown. Not only a thoroughbred breeder, Jen also offers starting and backing services for young thoroughbreds just entering training, and she offers retraining for thoroughbreds retiring from racing and heading into their second careers. Jen and Stuart are super hands-on with their horses and offer support at all stages of their horses' lives, which is what we're going to hear about today. Uh, and Jen, because that's not enough, also operates uh, Topline Communications, a boutique marketing and communications firm. Jen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to talk to you guys. It's so nice to connect again. So welcome back. I know you've been on the show before, but uh, I don't think since I've been hosting. So, you know, here we are. We're back again. Yes. Congratulations on your hosting duties. Oh, thanks. She's uh, been great. She's been great. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm like, oh, I'm at a loss for words now. Yeah, I'm doing really, really well. <laughs> so, Jen, we're about to kick off uh, sort of like the Super Bowl of yearling sales with Keeneland September sales like next week, right? So you guys are super busy, I'm sure, prepping yearlings and getting them ready to go. What does that process yeah. look like as a breeder? Oh, yes. But the Super Bowl of yearling sales is a great way to describe it. The Keeneland September sale is the biggest yearling sale in the world. So the world of thoroughbred racing comes to Lexington, Kentucky to shop for the next generation of racing superstars and hopefully stallions and broodmares. And I mean, from your perspective and mine, also the off-track thoroughbred future stars. So for us, it's been, I mean, it's a year-round process for a lot of these farms, us included. So these horses, you know, were born a year and a half ago and raised with the intention most times of going to the sale. So they're handled every day when they're foals and weanlings and their nutrition's really important. Their vaccination schedule is important. All of the like grooming and interaction they get, just kind of making them proper citizens of the world, you know? And then um, for the last I'd say probably 90 to 120 days, we've really started focusing on formal prep, as have most of the uh, farms in the industry that are selling horses at the yearling sale, focusing on things like hand-walking them every day, grooming them every day. Um, if there's horses that need, you know, a little bit more here and there, like maybe they're you know, a little weaker through their back confirmationally, or maybe they need a little bit of hind end support and strengthening you can do things in addition or instead of hand walking too, like, you know, swimming them or lunging them or lunging them in like a sur single. Um, some people like to pony them. We've done that in the past. So there's a lot of things you can do to, to prep these horses for the sale. And, you know, it doesn't just make them look better once they get to the sale. It, it helps with their conditioning. If you think about them coming to the sale and they get taken out of their stall 60, 70, 80, over 100 times sometimes in a day by people wanting to look at them and watch them walk and do all that, it's exhausting. They walk, you know, six or seven or more miles in a day. So they have to be physically fit enough to handle presenting themselves at many times at the sale. So the conditioning isn't just for looks. It really has a lot of benefits that'll help them at the sale and in that environment that's just such a big environment. 
And I would imagine mental fitness too. Like that's a lot to mm-hmm. ask of a baby, <laughs> you know, to be like, look at you again, then again, then again, then again. Like that's a lot going yeah, on. It, it's so important to like, you don't want to overdo it because like you just said, they are babies, but you want to give them that daily interaction and help them, you know, understand how to be walked properly, how to stand patiently, how to be groomed and pick up each of their feet. And it's all these like little things that make going to a big environment like a horse sale more manageable for them because they've had that daily human interaction and a lot of experiences, but it also just makes them more manageable down the road. I was just telling someone not long ago, when I start horses under saddle, I much prefer getting horses that have been through a sale, whether it's, you know, as a weanling or as a yearling or as a two-year-old, they've been so much more handled in most cases, and they're just much easier to deal with. And it also really helps with the off-track process, too. You know, like, they are just used to a lot more stuff and a lot more, a lot of different versions of the same thing because they've been handled by so many people. So it's got a lot of benefits. Yeah, I'm with you. I would always much rather get on, even if it, like, raced yesterday, I'd rather get on that horse than to start one from scratch, even if I knew how it had been handled, because I just like them to come with that much more life experience. So, you know, knowing that, you know, a large number of horses are going through some form of a sale every year, I think is good to know as OTTB owners, like these horses come with a lot of experience and a lot of fitness too. I think people like do not give the walk enough credit for how much fitness they can put on a horse because, you know, we've Mm -hmm. seen pictures and videos of these yearlings going through and they look amazing. And, you know, you'd think like, wow, what are they doing to bulk these things up? But it's a lot of walking, isn't it? It's walking. I mean, the walk is your most important gait. I feel like their entire career is riding, but even with sales, it's hard to get a good walk, but it does give them ultimate fitness. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because like, for example, the process we take at our farm, they're walking, we pick a pasture that has a lot of hills that aren't too dramatic and severe, but they're pretty long and gradual. So they're walking up and down hills, hand walking up and down hills, and then they'll walk around the farm and get to see different sites around the farm. And we'll take them to the arena and we'll walk over poles and we'll walk over logs that also get used later in the year for like, you know, little schooling jumps for older horses and that kind of stuff. So they end up getting fit using themselves in a lot of different ways and having a lot to see, you know, so it's not just the same thing day in and day out. And then sometimes like last year, we had some yearlings that really actually the last two years, but benefited from lunging. We had kind of some, <laughs> some guys that were on the porky side. So they needed a little <laughs> bit more uh, exercise <laughs> than just walking. So we did some lunging and for one, we, um, he, just had kind of like a very long but um, skinny neck. He wasn't really using his neck in his front end as well as he could be based on his confirmation. So we used um, side reins and a surf single on him as he'd lunge, and that really helped to elongate his stride and really helped him carry his neck better. And then we've kept up with him as he's gone through the braking process, and it's made him much easier to start under saddle and he gallops really lovely because he did all that lunging and long lining and you know he basically been through the first half of the starting process except for having someone actually on his back so you mentioned you know that you're following that horse through his training um now you're kind of a boutique breeder so you don't have you know hundreds and hundreds of yearlings every year but you guys like to follow your horses through their careers and i know you know, every now and then there's some that you guys race yourselves. Um, but how do you do that? You know, what's a good way to stay in touch with your horses? How does that work out? So we, whenever we sell any of our horses, now that everything is digital through the jockey club, you can attach a note to their digital certificate that just simply says like, you know, congratulations on owning a horse bred by Brownstead Farm. We're excited to show you on at the racetrack if this horse is in your care upon retirement, we'd be honored to handle his rehoming unless you already have plans in place. You know, something like that, that's very, you know, not in your face and not aggressive and not uh, presumptuous as to what their plans may or may not be, that lets them know that we are available for anything. But then I also make sure 
that I follow all of our horses and that anytime they change hands, I reach out to the new connections. I try to kind of use my network and the industry is so helpful in that way because everyone seems to know everyone. So we try to reach out to their connections and just, you know, introduce ourselves, congratulate them on owning the horse and let them know we'll be cheering for them and basically say the same thing. You know, like, here's my information. If you ever need anything on this horse, let us know. We'd be happy mm-hmm. to help. And that actually, I mean, that's come into play a couple times where, you know, one of our horses that we sold at Keeneland actually ended up going on having successful racing careers. And then when, you know, they either unfortunately got hurt and it was something that could potentially limit their racing career or they just kind of got to the end of their career and they just weren't performing where they, they needed to uh, for that owner. We had the trainers reach out to us and let us know that the horse was ready to retire. And if we were still interested in helping, they'd love to send them back. So we just got one back uh, this past week that we sold a couple of years ago and he's going to kind of let down for 60 to 90 days. And then we're going to figure out what's going to be best for him and then we had one um, about a year ago, I guess. Now he went out one first time out, and then a couple races later, boat attendant. And so the trainer, again, called us, asked if we'd still be interested in helping. Of course, we said yes. And so he's been turned out for about a year and just kind of getting handled regularly, but getting time for that tendon after he did the proper rehab and everything. And we'll start him back this fall. And I think he's going to be a really nice kind of low level sport horse for someone. The tendon shouldn't be a problem going forward because the trainer took care of it well at the track. And then we finished that rehab and gave him plenty of turnout. So hopefully he can be fun for someone. He's a, he's tiny, like 15 two probably. Jen, stop tempting me. Stop tempting me. That's my type. (laughs) (laughs) Next you're going to tell me he's chestnut. (laughs) So people are generally pretty receptive to that then, you know, that you will want to stay in the loop, you know, and want to help out. You know, it depends on the person. I, to be totally honest, I'm sure there's people out there who are kind of like, why is this girl contacting me? You don't own the horse anymore. It's my horse, you know, stay out of my business kind of thing. I think it depends on what the personality is of, of the person. Um, But a lot of people have been really receptive and I just try to like, I don't know. You always try to be engaged without being annoyingly so, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just make sure they have my contact information. And then if they seem, you know, amicable to interaction, I keep up regularly and just check in whenever the horse runs, wish them luck, that kind of thing. If not, I stay more hands off. Because I'm always very respectful. Those people paid money for that horse and it is now theirs. It's not ours, but we still care and have a vested interest, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating because, you know, there's been some interesting conversations on social media recently about, you know, like who is ultimately responsible for these horses when they retire. And oftentimes a lot of people are like, well, what about the breeders? They brought it into the world. You know, so here you are basically like leading by example, like this is how the breeders can still stay involved and, and, you know, stay responsible if, if people want that to happen. So yeah, like in a respectable manner, not pushy or right, exactly. overburdening. Yeah. I mean, I, I've run into people who kind of were not interested in staying in touch once they have the horse after the track. I, I'm not going to say the name of the horse because then it'll identify the person, but there sure. was a horse, you know, that my husband had bred um, years ago that, you know, we found out he was off the track and in a second career and I reached out and she kind of made it clear that she didn't want to be connected with the racing connections. That's mm-hmm. fine. And, you know, I respect her opinion there. So I just made sure she knew if she ever needed anything. She had my contact information. So I get it. And she probably has a reason for it. So all you can do is kind of respect that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no one right answer, you know, or, or yeah. like catch all answer that applies to every situation here. So We'll just all continue to try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, all you can do is your best, you know? Right. Cool. Well, Jen, thank you so much for sharing, you know, how you guys handle your aftercare and your horses. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, we'll think of you guys as you're walking all those hills as you prep for Keeneland. Uh, how many miles do you guys put in in a day? 
we usually get in about four and a half miles before seven. Wow. Uh, before seven a.m. I feel like I need to add you and like really motivate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should have the uh, the plan. right. Yeah, we'll just I know, send, like the retired send listeners race down to walk with you. <laughs> activity challenge. Yes. <laughs> No joke. Yeah, you should do a walkathon or something while you're out there. So. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh, we should, or like one of those virtual five Ks. You could do a five K a day. <laughs> you really could. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, that's Jen, Jen Wright's putting us all to shame, folks. Uh, Jen, guess. if you would like <laughs> to share, where can people follow along? You know, with your uh, your yearlings and your horses in training, and of course your restart horses as well. Where's a good place for people to find you on the internet? Ooh, thank you for asking. They can go to brownsteadfarm.com or they can look me up on uh, Facebook just under Jen Roy. I think I'm the only one on there. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's worth a follow, folks, if for nothing else than just Jen's beautiful farm scenic photography. I know. I'm so. like, the temptation to pr- I'll probably end up getting a horse from you at some point, Jen. They're just so lovely. You yeah, do put a us great on the job waiting showcasing them. You have to be careful around Jen. I mentioned to her once I was watching the Keeneland live feed and I just sent her a casual text of like, oh, wow, that candy ride is really cute. And she immediately was like, oh, would you like to be connected with these people? Because I can do that for you. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I love love having an enabling friend who wants me to get lovely horses. I need that. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love it. Yeah. Well, everyone keep Jen on your speed dial for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Super fun. We'll look forward to following along on your next adventures with your horses. Thank you for having me. So good to catch up with you guys. Same. Have a good one, Jen. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But we're at the trade show and this is the point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cash will have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's a, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You bet. Yeah. Fly, fly that's what we all what's, what's, That's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots. Um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Well, Kristen, we're about to get into our Making the Makeover series. But before we do that, I know that the Retired Resource Project has probably started to ramp up some energy now that we're getting closer to the makeover. We're about a month out now. Tell us what's going on. What's new and happening over there? Well, we have our volunteer portal launched. Um, We, as always, need a lot of extra hands to put this show on. So it's been called in the press the happiest horse show on earth, which I think is not only true, but super cute. Um, My grumpy dad liked it. Oh, well, hey, (laughs) clearly it worked. (laughs) Uh, If grumpy dad or anyone's grumpy dad wants to come out and lend us a hand, we do need a ton of volunteer help to put this show on. Um, We have developed a reputation for having great volunteers. Our volunteers really make the show special. um, And we do need a lot of them, especially because this year we are co-hosting the Thoroughbred Incentive Program Championships. So twice as many classes, extra days of competition. Uh, We just need more hands to make it light work. But it's a really good opportunity for people who 
maybe either haven't seen the makeover yet and and want to you know give a little time back or if you're thinking of doing the makeover in the future volunteering will give you like a front row seat to all the action so uh, we have positions open for stuff like jump crew uh, even some scribing positions so if you really want to pick the judge's brain uh, scribing is a great way to do so Uh, we have like general runner positions so that you'll be kind of seeing the whole show all over the horse park Uh, we always need help with scoring so there's jobs for everyone whether you have horse show experience or not so so anyone who's interested in participating as a volunteer can go to the rrp.org slash volunteer and you can learn a little bit more. You can sign in, create an account and jump right into our volunteer portal and you can hand select what shifts you want to do when. So, you know, if you know that you want to see like, let's say polo on Thursday afternoon, you can work Thursday morning. Um, so you can kind of customize your volunteer schedule based on what you want to do. All of our volunteers get lunch, the coveted t-shirt and hat, and of course, plenty of snackies to keep you going all day long, as well as our undying gratitude. So anybody who would like to give us a little time this fall and come out to the makeover, definitely hit up the rrp.org slash volunteer. Well, Kristen, it's that time for our Making the Makeover series, and I'm very excited to welcome Lee Beamer back to the show. Hi, Lee. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there over here in Virginia. <laughs> Hey, that's that's the most we can ever ask of anyone is hanging in there. But uh, last time we checked in with you, Lee, things were not so great for Hot Girl Summer. She was dealing with some abscesses and decided to take herself on a little vacation. But we'd love yes. to know how she's doing now. Well, it was definitely a lame girl summer for a while. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thank you. I'll be around if you want more. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Ben started her stall rest at the beginning of August. And last time we talked, she had an abscess in her right front, which came out the coronary band. She was doing really good for a few days. She was still um, in the stall because it has just rained and rained here in Virginia. Um, and I didn't want to risk anything. So I thought, great, we'll stay here for a few days until the forecast clears up. Well, the forecast cleared up and she went lame in her left front <laughs> with oh another abscess. Uh, yes, oh, it was so fun. Um, also came out the cornet band. So she's batting two for two on them coming out the top. But finally, we got that resolved, I guess, towards the end of August. And all while Finn was on star rest, um, one of my semi-retired thoroughbred geldings developed cellulitis and I developed COVID for the first time in oh, three years. No. Oh man. Yeah. Supergirl <laughs> so summer. Was, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to look back on now, but um, while it was happening, I just didn't see an end in sight. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Yeah. But I mean, at least she kind of got it all in one package. You know, it wasn't sprinkled out through a long period of time. Just, Got it one and done, you know? Look at it positively, yeah. I guess. Well, and now it's just clear sailing to Kentucky, right? Yeah. You just yeah. got it all out of your system. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. So Finn's been home since the last Sunday of August. She is still barefoot. My vet and farrier have conspired and have determined that she needs glue-on shoes for her trip to Kentucky. So that okay. is going to be a fun experience in the next few weeks. And she's been back to work for the last week or so. We've been working on a lot of luncheon. Her canner has been something that's always kind of been a struggle for us, but we've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of that on the lunch and it's getting better. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to ride tomorrow or this weekend and we'll really get back into the swing of things. Amazing. Yeah, the yeah, canner. the added challenge, right? That you are like fully back to work now. Oh, that's right. You're a teacher. You're back in school. Oh, yeah. yeah. We passed Labor Day, so that means for sure you are back in the back in the classroom, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we start back um, like the first or second week of August here oh. um, in my oh, part of Virginia. Early. Yeah. So it's like Finn went on Star S. School started back. Um, there, there is a lot so. more to your package than I realized. <laughs> yes, it just it was all at once. But um, I tend to work her in the evenings anyway, um, once it cools off. So really going back to work hasn't been that much of an adjustment for us, at least, because I don't like to work in the heat and I'm sure she doesn't either. Um, So we just 
try to squeeze in some time after work. And it is getting dark earlier Mm. now as the seasons are changing, but not too early. We're still able to get in our stuff, luckily. The hard part is vet and farrier appointments. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes. That is hard having a, what I like to call the muggle job outside of the horse world, trying to balance it just been dealing <laughs> yes. with multiple texts from my farrier, be like, no, I have calls this day. Nope, I can't do it that day. I have a meeting. And I'm like, huh. How do I envy those who get to do in some ways I envy those who get to do horses all day. And then I also am like, you're also dealing with horses all day. And that's a whole nother level. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice that, you know, it hasn't upset your schedule too much going back to school. But I do have to ask you, Lee, are you a morning person? Are you able to do the early mornings okay? Yes, I prefer doing things earlier in the day. But I just haven't made myself ride before school because it's still so wet in the morning. That seems like um, it'd be really early. I'm not sure what time school starts in Virginia, but in Michigan, it's like 7 a.m. for some students. Oh, wow. No, we kids come at eight. Um, I try to get there at 730. So it would be super early. But yeah, it's just a little um, gross and dewy out. So. Well, riding <laughs> in the morning always makes me nervous, too, because I'm like, I want to have the luxury of being able to close whatever can of worms I might open, you know? Yeah. Like, yes. You know, or even like, heaven forbid, you come and you're like, everyone's missing a shoe and there's blood everywhere. You know, <laughs> you're like oh some God. scenario where you're like, I need unlimited I'm like, time. I just want to have my thing. coffee when I wake up. Like, I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm a, like, a doomsday <laughs> prepper as far as, you know, <laughs> having enough time for the farm. So, yeah, I, I don't I, no matter how early I start, I'm always late to work if I try to ride before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. I'm with Lee on this yeah. one. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely an evening the- rider as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's definitely exciting. And so not too much disruption besides the month of August was its own level of disruption, it sounds like. So we have a few more weeks before the makeover, which is wild to even think about. I still have to book my hotel. I've been naughty. But oh, uh, yes, yeah, so we won't we won't talk about those logistics. We won't stress anyone out right now. <laughs> <laughs> we've had but, enough. We've had enough. Yeah, we've had enough of that. But yeah, the Lee, last Lee's literally done everything stressful you could possibly do yeah. in the past four weeks. Yeah, don't talk but about that, Joy. Don't talk about that. I wanted to ask you, Lee, like, you know, having this you're we're coming up to the final weeks of this, what would you say are like your top two priorities right now before you get to Kentucky? Finn's well being. Um, I really just hope she is a hundred percent when it's time to leave. Mm. Um, which knock on wood, things have been going well since we've been home and I'm optimistic her fancy glue on shoes will help. Um, that's my number one priority. And then just having a fun time for somebody like me, who's always just kind of done this at home. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I'm really excited about that and the wonderful experience it'll be no matter how we perform. So just going and having a good time and and Finn's well-being. Those are the two most important things to me right now. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a great, great couple goals to have. And I also, one last question. Has your husband been an excellent cheerleader for you this entire time? Because if he has not, Chris and I are coming down to Virginia. We're going to have a lecture. <laughs> no, he's so good. Um, I even drug him out to do some night checks with me a few times mm. while Finn was on stall rest. Um, and he's taking care of the boys that are that were still at the farm at the time when I um, was running everywhere when school just started. So he has been a great cheerleader, um, very supportive. And he's trying to learn a lot about dressage and um, horses in general. But he, <laughs> no. I commend his effort. He does a very good job helping out. Oh, love that warms that. my heart. I love it. Yeah. It's so important <laughs> yeah. to have that cheerleader in the background because it, it is hard and it can be stressful. We always talk about the happy things on here for the most part. No, August was not necessarily super happy news, but we do try to say those things. But we we know anyone who's worked or trained with a horse, it's not always rainbow sunshine and smiley. So it's nice to have that partner who can cheer you on. Yes, for sure. And I just had to keep telling myself and him, I'm like, I know I'm in a funk. I know this is crazy months, but it hopefully will not be like this forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, know, it does always get better. better one way or another. Yep. Always get better. Yes. 
Yeah, so that helps as well. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us again and having a much happier update this time. It sounds like September is going to be a more fruitful month for you for sure. And we're looking forward to following you and Finn and all your adventures to come. I can't believe we're going to meet you next month. I Ooh, know. I'm so excited. Unreal. I'm so I know. Excited. We've we're been talking so for drinks. so long. It's going to so be so many much drinks. fun. Margaritas. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Lee, you have a great evening. Give Finn a kiss for us and a carrot, and uh, we will talk to you next time. I will. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. So, Joy, we had a recent Instagram poll because it's getting like real spooky season up here. So I was like, oh, let's see if everyone else also likes fall, which I suspect Mm -hmm. everybody does. Uh, And sure enough, when I polled our Instagram followers, a whopping 81% of people said fall was their favorite because season to ride. Because it's the superior season. Because it is the it, best. Yes. Sorry, 12% of people who said spring. You're wrong. But actually, who the reasons spring? were pretty good. We'll get is into it. it. We'll get okay. Because I'm like, I, if you're from Michigan, spring sucks. It's like 12 good days. But I'm I'm eager to hear the argument. Prove yeah, like wrong. late late <laughs> spring is fine. Uh, I think one person said summer. No one said winter. Goodbye. Um, no votes for you, winter. <laughs> So the reasons I thought were pretty legit, uh, a nice fall day is just perfect in my opinion. No bugs and still nice weather with two leaf emojis. Mm. Bang on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cool and dry, the best combo. So true. Yep. I responded to that this morning. I was sitting in a fine mist. I was like, yep, I do love me some crisp fall air. It is very (laughs) That's going to be your Christmas present as a t-shirt, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do love meat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, it is not so hot. And of course I love all the color changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is definitely someone who lives in a place where the it color is the changed. most aesthetic season. Like no oh, yeah. one looks bad in a photo in fall. No one. Well, it, we'll leave that alone. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm here to be positive, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing temperatures and of course, hot cider and bourbon after ride. Uh, that was Ugh. you. And I would like to know where your barn bar is. Because um, so here's the thing when fall comes in after we get through the grossness of summer I do keep a stash in my tack locker oh of bourbon and then I bring cider to the barn all right you or, know I did that at the makeover I was like hey if anyone wants a taste of New York come by my stall I brought apple cider donuts and cider and no one came but I was also the only person there. I moved in super early that year. Okay. I was like, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I tried really to make sad, that. But now I'm no, like, oh, fine. you brought that on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just ate a lot of donuts. It was fine. That's fair. Uh, riding in the field with bales of hay everywhere and colorful fall leaves. That sounds beautiful. Unless you're riding um, my magical. horse. But yes. Yeah. Unless you're riding something spooky. Yes. Fall. Finally not blazing hot and the humidity calms down which mm-hmm. I also have to imagine is much better for the horses. All the curly hair girls are praising the, the gods <laughs> right now. Just letting you know. <laughs> uh, and this one got right to the point. Still good sunlight and weather, but less expletive bugs. So, yep. Accurate. Um, let's see. And then we did have two responses for spring, which I think these are valid points. Uh, the days are cool, but the daylight is lengthening and it feels very mm. hopeful, which I thought was nice. That's true. Yeah. In New York, it's just mud. All the snow melts and that's all we have. But it's fine. I'll allow it. Uh, Spring is more optimistic with the seasons ahead and it's a welcome relief from the winter. Also a valid reason. So It's valid, but spring's still sitting in my top. It's like my ranking is fall, summer, spring, winter. And sometimes like the first part of winter is over spring. But again, I'm in Michigan. So winter and spring just like co-mingle in a weird way that's not very pretty. I'm one of those weirdos who like, we have a very distinct rhythm. And I think a lot of this does come from not having a ring to ride in. Uh, Mm, We have like mm -hmm. a very clear rhythm to our seasons. And in winter, everything just really slows down for us. All the cows are in at a a small sacrifice lot on hay. You know, the horses are down at the barn in a sacrifice lot on hay. And we just do a little bit of light riding. And it's kind of nice. Yeah. Because it makes you appreciate all the creature comforts of home when you're, you know, bundled up to your eyeballs and one side of you is plastered yeah. in snow and your horse is miserable. Well, it's like, here's huh. the thing. And I, you know, come at me with your hate if you want, but you cannot tell me if you live in a place that snows that like that perfect winter day where it's still sunny, but you're getting those big fluffy flakes of snow coming down. Like that is so much fun to ride in, especially if you're bareback and you have a horse that can handle that. 
I'm sorry. Like, I feel like I'm living my best saddle club life when that's happening. And I'm, I'm in a cute outfit. I have my like, uh, Alaskan riding skirt on. Oh, I love I can, mine. I'm oh. so glad you have one too. That's, I do. Those are the days I ride West because West doesn't do anything naughty. Those are not the days I ride jobber because I choose life. <laughs> Astrid's pretty good actually in the winter, which is surprising. Oh, good for her. Yeah, she yeah, I would not have anticipated that. No, it just depends. There's nothing that's really consistent that upsets her except for the four-year-old son of my barn manager. She mm-hmm. does not like Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other nice thing with fall riding is you can coordinate a little wild rag to your shirt. I don't know what super that is. Cute. What? Do you not, you, you've never heard of a wild rag or you just think I made that up? A little of both, to be honest. Okay. It's a silk scarf, and you okay. tie it in a cute little knot around your neck, and you match it, matchy-matchy to your shirt and your vest. If you're really matchy-matchy, you match it to your saddle pad, but I don't have that many blankets, so I don't do that. But the silk is like the perfect scarf material because it keeps you cool in the summer and it keeps you warm in the winter. And then in a pinch, because they're kind of big, you can take it off and use it as a lead rope. Not that I've done that at all. Of course ever. not. I would no. never, Surely. never suspect you've ever done something <laughs> like that ever. Surely but um, I have to say that's a very Western thing. It sounds like I don't know many English people who do it, but it also sounds very fashionable and I'm curious. And, and I, think I think you, you have to should adopt something. it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a little, uh, that's like the one thing where I get like a little bougie and collect a lot of them. Like mine Otherwise is, I'm it, pretty basic, but it's a coordination of different vests with long sleeves for me. Like I finally feel I can have like the hot girl horse aesthetic. Like everyone's like, oh, you're a horse rider. Oh, you probably like, you know, you see the over sexualized looks of horse riders, like what guys think horse girls look like. And like most of the time we look like homeless people. Yeah, we just have a lot of layers. Like the buns are falling out. We're in a lot of layers. We're in muck boots covered and all kinds of things. We don't look as cute as you might think we do. But I'm like, in fall, I look cute. I'm I'm like so prepared for it. (laughs) You probably do look cute. I think I look cute. And then I actually just look like a potato, but you know, it's the thought that counts. If I think I look cute, that's all I really need. So everyone go to Kristen's Instagram this fall and let her know if she looks cute. And if she thinks she looks like a potato, then keep scrolling. You don't want your comments. (laughs) Just tell me I look like a potato. It's fine. I'm okay with it. No, I'm pretty sure you look cute, Kristen. I've seen photos of you. So not worried about it. (laughs) All right. Well, We'll do a little uh, wild drag fashion show slash yeah. introduction <laughs> fashion show fashion show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I know this segment has gone on a while, but that's okay. We have a lot of fun stuff coming up. We have new vocations coming. We have a super cute horse to introduce you to, and I'm tempted yet again. Someday I'm actually gonna you know buy a horse, and it's gonna be very exciting. I'm sure everyone's annoyed. Like, yeah, Joy, you like every horse on the show. Yeah, Leandra's gonna call you on it one day. I know she's like, like, right, picking them up, and I'm like, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, it's happening. I just don't know when. I have to convince the other part of my life right now. It's a good idea. We are we are about forty percent of the way there to a yes. Oh, that's a good chunk of the way. That's we're, more we're getting than a third. there. I mean, he asks on occasion. We just are disagreeing what the horse should be. He wants like a big dark gelding. I'm like, why? Why can't we get a cute little mare? So that's where we're disagreeing. You've got time. You can bring them. We've got time. We've got time. All right. Thanks for joining our social segment. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's going to be epic with new vocations. Well, we're back with everyone's favorite segment, especially judging from last episode's new vocations panel. I think everyone's going to be lining up now to adopt one of those great new vocations horses. Uh, We have with us once again, Leandra Cooper from new vocations in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back, Leandra. Well, thank you for having me. Before we introduce this week's adoptable horse, we are going to talk about a training tip. Um, And this is something that I know as an equestrian in general, I struggle with. So if I'm having that problem, I'm sure everyone else is having that problem as well. So Leandra, what do you do when you feel like you might be at that intersection between this horse is a little naughty or fresh, or this horse is maybe a little sore, or this horse has progressed as far as he can with what I'm asking him, and now he's confused? Because I feel like those three roads intersect more often maybe than we think as horseback riders. Definitely. Yeah. And because the horses in our program and new vocations are generally between two and four years old, let's say, 
what we see there too is is definitely the the the, the intersection of those things, right? Because you have young horses who have just a shorter attention span, um, and just to without hopefully derailing it too much. As a general rule, I like to say the two-year-olds have about 20 minutes, three-year-olds about 30 minutes, four-year-olds about 40 minutes. So that's the time frame you're working in. And people try to sometimes work through that. And you maybe just like with kids, you, you hit a wall where you're not really making progress anymore. You can't, um, you can't brace your way through something. You know, it's like if the horse is bracing if you're bracing against a horse, they're going to brace against you, and then nobody's getting anywhere. You have to be able to find those breakthrough moments. So, so like I said, I completely derailed that part of it. But when you're trying to suss out what is the foundation of the issue you're running into, um, it's really important to first and foremost eliminate that there could be a pain possibility because I would say the majority of the time when we're seeing a real naughty behavior, especially if you notice that it is out of routine for that horse, that it tends to be something that they are uncomfortable with. And that's just the way that they're trying to express that to you. And that's why as fantastic horse people that we are, we need to open our ears and our minds to that form of expression because they're trying to tell you as best they can. Um, and, and sometimes we just, we, we try to attribute it to a behavioral issue when it, it might be pain. So, so how do you really figure that out is, is kind of what we're getting at, I think. And um, I, by default, will give them the benefit of the doubt you know, horses aren't malicious. They they don't have that part of the brain that we do and, you know, in our frontal cortex where we're trying to process everything and, and figure out motive and, uh, th- you know, those things that, that complicated process is really a human process. And, and sometimes we try to put this personification on the horse and it just doesn't really fit that same way because they just don't think that same way. So if you think of them as reactive creatures, then you might then come to those conclusions a little bit faster of saying, hey, they're just reacting to discomfort or pain or frustration. You know, they, they have this huge emotional capacity, actually bigger than what people have devoted to emotional, just capacity for different feelings and emotions, just a lot less space to process it. So let's just by default assume that it, it might be pain. And in that sense, if you're riding them, I would say get off, put them on a lunge line or whatever you're comfortable with. If you're around pen, go for it. And you can kind of go one of two ways. You can strip everything off of them and look at them move. And there's a difference, obviously you're, you're going to have to kind of look at those different parts or you can say you're all saddled up and ready to go. You can kind of strip away those different pieces and say, okay, I'm going to remove myself from this equation, right? Maybe I'm looking at them on the lunge line and the saddle still on the tax on. And so maybe then I'm saying, well, you know, it kind of looks the same. So maybe I take my saddle off at that point. Okay. What if this, Maybe I got the fit wrong or the half pad made a spot that pinched and there's too much pressure. Like maybe that's wrong. So we take those parts off. You know, I've gone so far as to like take the polar wraps off a horse or, you know, just be like, what could any of these pieces be something that's throwing you off or making you uncomfortable? Because maybe it's like, you know, because polar wraps, maybe there's like a little piece that's pinched and this horse is like princess in the pea and is really sensitive to it. Like all of these different things that we add to them can get in their way. The best thing that we can do generally as people is kind of like stay out of their way. But say you strip all those pieces down and they still look the same. Uh, you know, there are very obvious lamenesses, right? And so those hopefully we can pick out a little bit better, but you're really looking for any change to happen. But let's say you strip all of this away and you're not really seeing anything dramatically different. I always employ people to learn even the most fundamental parts of body work. So body work can be really complicated and there are lots of different grades of professionals and experience and that is absolutely to be valued as such. But you can take really even like rudimentary classes. I've done it myself and gotten certification in just learning how to kind of check in with your horse. And maybe it's not body work, maybe it's just working with your vet, but just being able to kind of put your hands on them in a non 
invasive way, like a more passive way, you know, and, and run your hands down them, whether that's like flexing different parts or doing basic body work or being able to palpate different parts of them. So you can just check in with them. And again, we're really just trying to open up that communication chain and figure out what's bothering them. And you can tell in body work, like the way that they blink gives it away. If they're happy or they're sad, if they feel good or they don't, you know, whether they're licking and chewing or they're blinking more purposefully, it's like a different mm-hmm. blink. And they're they're giving you information. It's just a matter of hearing it. Um, you know, I would always advise people to involve their trainer and their vet if you're not being if you're not figuring this out, but something is different. If the horse is bunny hopping behind when you ask them to canter, they can't hold a lead. Um, and the more you see this on a routine basis, whether that's by, you know, yourself, you're asking your trainer because they're working with horses 24 seven or a vet. Cause that's all they, you know, that's what they're doing as well that you can pick up on. Like if somebody is telling me their horse is bunny hopping behind, um, you know, I would look at the tightness of the gluteal muscles back there, but then most likely than not, you're looking at, you know, having a chiropractor come out because these horses are incredibly, uh, skilled at, at finding little tiny things to throw them off, whether it's, you know, rolling the wrong way in the field or um, stepping on a stone. And then you have these like cascading effects of things. These are giant animals and like little tiny things can set them off. But I, I think it's really a, lot a miracle of they can uh, walk down the road, right? Like yeah. every day. <laughs> I, like, I watch the thoroughbreds at our farm race each other. I'm like, one of you oh, someday no. is just going yeah. to do something, but it's fine. But so I would just say, you know, those are kind of my defaults is like the the little check-in, right? Where you're like, okay, let me, how do I find a way to open up this communication chain so that I can tell if this is a real pain issue? Because that's what, you know, first and foremost, the thing you need to address, because then when you get to the training side of things, it really depends on obviously what you're seeing is to like how you're going to train them out of it. And I still kind of go back to the same defaults of like strengthening their top line, working on their fitness, like getting a better feel of their mouth. But if then even in that situation, you're like, make sure you check their teeth and make sure you check the fit of your tack. Like there's so many different parts to it. But by default, I'm always giving them the benefit of the doubt that there might be something physically bothering them. And I could just go on and on, but I'll stop it there. <laughs> I love that. Like, I think that's so important. I mean, the, the real summary is getting to know your horse. And that comes from the groundwork. That comes when you're feeding them and paying attention to their expressions. Do they get excited? Do they seem aloof? How you're handling them? Are there certain places they like being touched more than others? I mean, the more you get to know your horse and their personality, the easier it is to see when something's off or yeah. kind of going the opposite of the pain side of, I like to look at the overstimulus side, uh, like my horse, mm-hmm. instance, yeah. I bring her back into work after six weeks. That's a very big change in routine. And sometimes I get pressure from people or like, why, why do you only ride her for 15 minutes or 20 minutes? I'm like one, her fitness is off Two, I'm asking her to do new things from her daily routine. It's a change. Yeah. If you were to say, I took three months off from the gym And I know my fitness has decreased, but you're going to try to go every day and go for an hour and lift as hard as you can. You're going to suffer for an hour and injury very quickly. You're going to get less excited every day. So you would not change a full increase, but just do increments. And I think we sometimes forget that when we get too goal oriented with our horses that they get mentally bogged down too, especially when we're teaching something new or different. Yeah. And patience is... I'm, I'll say never, but I'll, like, you know, maybe almost never, because I'm sure there are always exceptions. Mm-hmm. Patience is never a problem, you know. Uh, so e- even when you're dealing with a lameness, and if you're not sure, there there are basically three different things that can happen, right? If you if you continue on, you're like, well, I'm not sure, so we'll continue to work on top line exercises, or we'll continue to do these, um, you know, small increments every day. It's going to get better. It's going to stay the same, or it's going to get worse. And either any one of those paths is going to give you information, but sometimes people try to solve things in one day. And a lot of times that's kind of with this mentality of this will make me feel better. Like, is it actually going to do what be better for the horse? Probably not. You know, there are little, there are moments, especially like as a trainer where, you know, when you can push the threshold a little bit and see if you can get them past the hump in training. And 
Um, that can be really difficult if you don't know the horse well, um, or if you're not prepared for dramatic outcomes, let's call it, right? If you're pushing the envelope, if you're just purely working through a hard moment in training. Mm -hmm. Um, But no matter what, patience is going to benefit you in the long run, because for horses, it's, it's more, you're going to do much better in the long run. If you can repeat positive moments, it's really easy to undo those with negative moments. And um, that can be really harmful to the whole neurologic process of creating good patterns, right? We, we can't have that. If they're bracing against us, they're not suppling to us. They're not learning. We're not, you know, getting to the, the next phase. We're not leveling up, so to speak. But mm-hmm. the more patient you can be with it, like what you're saying, like doing small increments, getting them back into fitness slowly, um, not expecting immediate results from them, you're going to be setting yourself and the horse up for success in the long run. Super. So that gives everybody plenty to think about, including me and Joy, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I was like writing notes for myself yeah, as we were right. going. I was like, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the main takeaway. You were doing fine. <laughs> so, Leandra, tell us about this week's adoptable horse. This guy is called On a Wing and a Prayer. And as always, we're just going to say the same thing. He is cute as a button. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he looks like yeah. a cute little hunter. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, he is. I, I So we call on a wing and a prayer wingman, um, just absolutely the playoff of Top Gun, which is, we all love. Absolutely. So uh, wingman here, he's the, a compact athlete. So he stands at 15'2", but he has a pretty wide girth. Like he's a round fella. So he's certainly not a horse that I can imagine would feel like a little string bean type. Like he's still going to take up a good amount of leg. And right now he is one we have available as a rehab adoption. Um, so he had a tendon injury, just a superficial digital flexor tendon, um, which is kind of the easiest one to rehab. It's the most superficial. It's the most, it's, it is the easiest. We'll just keep it at that. He's already trotting along soundly and going out and turn out. We do have a video available on his profile so you can see his jog and he's a really nice mover. So just building on that, I can imagine it's going to be a blast because he's, he's definitely got potential to go in one of any number of different directions and is a horse who's kind of mid high level capable as far as we can tell moving forward. So lots of different opportunities, but I just think that his personality is um, so fantastic and such just a moldable mindset because he has this really bigger than life confidence where he just is pretty unflappable. Things don't bother him, but he also has this really playful personality and, um, that can be like when he's on the cross ties, just get it liking to have attention, but also just like will want to kind of be in your pocket and um, likes to play even with another horse and turnout, but is not like aggressive. He just has this really kind, sweet, playful personality uh, that's packaged all in this really like almost cocky persona at times. So it's like ideal for that, uh, show ring personality that you'd look for this kind of like look at me and uh at the same time like i said he's a he's a people horse like he wants to please um he's one who's really nice to work around so while we haven't started him yet back under saddle because we want to give him as much time as he needs to set him up really well for the future and rehabbing his tendon and get him just slowly started back into work which at this phase is just getting him back into a, a more uh, turnout routine and, and then bigger turnouts and being able to just let him be a horse for now, um, that he is ready to start back in that rehab routine. And I think that he's going to be a real blast. So uh, right now we have him up for adoption at a thousand dollars, which is still a huge bargain. And then we have our back to school special, which is $180 off. And that's based off of the average number of days in the school year. So you have not only this horse with tons of potential at an already super ridiculously low price, and then you have extra money off of that. So, you know, as we say, it's like he's free. It's he looks like, like the kind of horse. like he's free. Exactly. Yeah. He looks like the kind of horse who would enjoy the makeover process. Like, you know, he would yeah. thrive yeah. in that kind of a structured program. He looks program curious and eager yeah. to go. And 
I have to say, like, and this is someone who has an easy keeper. I'm looking at his weight. He's so solidly built. And like, this is the type of horse. And correct me if I'm wrong, Landry, who's going to get fat off air. Like, and he's yes. barefoot. We too. had to cut like, back his grain. He's a, a three-year-old <laughs> thoroughbred. We had to cut back his grain. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, easy keeper, yeah. breaking stereotypes. <laughs> And he looks yes. like a little impish. That the picture where he's got his little tongue out, like he just, he, yeah, he yeah. does look a little cocky. He's just he like, looks oh, like he know. would be stellar in the hunter mm-hmm. ring. But I also like watch him. Like if you slowed his jog down, he could look really nice in the western ring as well. Like he's just, I love that yeah. fifteen-two size. I love the compactness, but still solid. Like to me, that's a horse that can go in any direction. Oh yeah, yeah no, this yeah, trot yeah. is perfect for the ranch ring. That mm-hmm. covers ground. All right, uh, I'll bring my trailer. And he would love it. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I don't need another horse, but I do. I always do, but I have Leandro's number, so it's a dangerous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Leandro, for joining us again, bringing us another fab training tip, and bringing us this super cute classic bay with a beautiful blaze. He's just a stunner. Uh, check out Wingman and all the other horses at horseadoption.com. And Leandro, we will check in with you next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at The Horseback Writer. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at MisfitMare. And my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Casual Company. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye.